Magazine uh, podcast. Um, Jerry Ewing here, the editor, and I'm joined by Joe Kendall. Hello. And Malcolm Doe. Good afternoon, good morning or good night. <laughs> yeah, depending on when you're yeah, listening. listening. We, we haven't actually done a podcast for quite some time because we've been mm. busy. Bit busy. Very, very busy. Yeah. And that's essentially what this podcast is going to be about. Um, talking about <laughs> what we've pretty much... Because I'm trying to think what the last podcast... Well, I think it was... Wasn't the one we did where we talked about Brave and talking at gigs? Yeah, that seems like about a million years ago. It does. It does seem like quite a long, a long time ago. Um, was that you, me, and Russ? Yeah, yeah. Because you haven't done a podcast. No, I've not done one for a little while. No. no. Um, so, uh, so yes, we have been busy, and that essentially will take up the bulk of what we're going to talk about. Because uh, instead of doing a usual, what's the proggiest thing you've done this week? The last month essentially has been really, really taken up with prog. Prog. Yes. <laughs> it's all so, prog every so, day. So we're going to talk about um, Stone Free. Yeah, it's prog festival season. It's really. prog festival yeah. season. I mean, I suppose we could mention download a little bit. Um, we're running a review yeah. in in the magazine, um, and essentially it's prog day at Stone Free, uh, and then I myself have just got back from be prog my friend in Barcelona. Uh, Malcolm was off at Rambling Man. Yep. Were you at Rambling Man, Joe? No, I was at. It's only a couple of days ago, and I can't remember what. Happened. <laughs> uh, hang on, riding the Amnesia Express. Uh, were were you at the festival? Were you outdoors, was, indoors? Um, I was um, indoors, outdoors, USA. <laughs> Where the hell was I? I'll come back to you. All right. Okay. Fine. Okay. Yeah. You, you think about that. Um, so yeah, so basically we've got um, we've got all that to talk about. Yeah, because uh, it's been, so much. It's been, yeah, come I on, remember, Joe. I remember where I was. I was at Queens of the Stone Age. Queens oh, of the top. Yeah, okay. right. Which isn't very prog at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so we're going to be talking about all that, but um, we will answer or do our best to answer um, some questions that you have kindly sent in. Uh, don't forget questions. You can go to the Prog Facebook page. Um, or the Prog Readers Group on Facebook, or uh, we obviously ask for questions through those and through our Twitter page, or you can email us prog at futurenet.com. Uh, H.A. Cook on Twitter wants to know uh, what our thoughts are on the idea of Dave Grohl replacing Neil Pitt in Rush, which is essentially based around a news story that broke, which I think Grohl didn't put forward the idea he was going to do it. I no. think he was asked a question and answered it. Um, which, of course, you can imagine this. There's a certain amount of up in arms, how dare he, reaction on social media. Uh, Malcolm, what do you think? Uh, there's no way it's going to happen. I think Dave Grohl himself knows it. I think, I, in an ideal world, Grohl would love to actually have the chance to play with a band like Rush or a band like Zeppelin, because he's a huge, huge fan. And let's not forget an excellent drummer. But in reality, he knows he's never going to be accepted. And I don't think you want to try. No. How can you compete with the appears? Now... At least he's not Lars Ulrich. That would be... Yeah, oh, good God, no. Yeah. No. I, now, you missed, you missed this because you must have been so busy. So you didn't actually see I've this. Had a, I've had a head full of hobbits. You so, have, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, my take on it is, is it, like you, Malcolm, it won't happen. Um, I, You know, the hysterical reaction, the knee-jerk reaction of some people online. I mean, the Grohl didn't say, I want to replace no. Neil Peart. So they're like, how dare he? I, I don't kind of, I, I like Foo Fighters. Mm, so right? do I. I. I really like them. And I don't get this kind of anti... Uh, 
sort of vibe that you kind of get from you know some of the metal crowd and and obviously we've seen some of the frog crowd mm. uh, bearing in mind you know taylor hawkins is on the mailing list for frog magazine yeah. he's such and has been since day one he's such a big fan well, are people coming forward with suge- their own suggestions of who could replace Neil oh for people felt this happened people felt the need i mean that's the other thing of well rush aren't doing anything no, no. they haven't said you know it, it just came i think an innocent question and then obviously a media outlet has jumped on that and, and used that as a bit of clickbait yeah obviously once it appears everyone else we've done it we did it with our websites um so you know I would love to see Dave Grohl play with Alex Lyson and Geddy Lee. I think that would be great. That would be interesting. Not um, as rushed. But I, you know, as, as, as tough as it is to take, you know, I, I have moved on in my life and accept that Rush are probably never going to, yes. um, you know, uh, if they if they do somehow make any more music or perform live in any way, it'll be a bonus. And let's face it, there is a, over 40 years mm. of, of amazing music that these guys have made. And it's not like, you know, the, Neil always had a slightly lower... Uh, public profile because that's the way he wants it. Mm. Alex and Ged are still out there, and yeah. you know I'm sure that there will be some music that they make. But you know I think we've all accepted it. it's not going to be Rush. No, ex- exactly. And uh, Dave Grohl is a fan of music, and as a music fan, in his ideal, as I said, I'm sure he'd love to think he could actually play in the Rush setup. But the reality, and with his experience head on. He knows it's not even a remote possibility. But, yeah. Unless it's Dave Grohl's rush. Dave Grohl's rush. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, Joe, you, you said, um, that, yeah, they did feel the need to, you know, people reacting felt the need to put, put forward people. Um, that Mike perhaps Portnoy. Portnoy was one name and Gavin Harrison was the other one that got mm. bandied about by, by, rush, by, yeah. pro, by prog fans yeah. um, saying that that's who they'd, they'd rather see. Um, and, you know, I mean... I, again, I like you know Portnoy. I think he's a brilliant drummer. Yes, Gavin's an amazing drummer, and you know I would I would be happy to see any of those three gentlemen playing drums with Alex Lyson and Geddy Lee in some way, were it ever to happen. But the point is, it was an innocent question that's been hauled into the, click, the world of clickbait, and then people have reacted like they do. So, mm. so. Um, I think that H.A. Cook I hope that answers your question and the the second question that came in from um, Facebook from Albin Sundstrom who says what in our mind was the best year for progressive rock oh no you've already got an answer well we have discussed this before and you know forewarned is forearmed as they say Um, what I did want to say was that um, we do have a specific year in mind I always like to say the current year I find the most exciting because you're constantly discovering new music. Mm-hmm. So, so it's always the year we exist in because you know already this year I I've discovered new music in in the progressive sphere that has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, do you agree with that, Joe? Yeah, definitely. Um, year after year, well, we, we we say it ourselves when it comes yeah. to the awards, we kind of go, it's been another bumper crop. It has. It genuinely has. Well, well, there's a lot of people, you know. Obviously, we're aware that our community have very strong viewpoints and like to put them forward. And I've noticed a few people, in fact, I mentioned it in my editorial, people moaning that this isn't a very good year. Oh. Really? Yeah. And I don't, Maybe they I, haven't heard what we've heard. Yeah. Well, it could be. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be. But, um, you know, maybe that's just because they're getting more and more commercially as as yeah, time depends, wears on. Depends on what your expectations are, really. Mm. Yeah. I think we've all got very open minds. 
So and you'd, like, you'd like to think so, and I mean, progressive music sort of suggests that people that like that are going to be more open to a broader. Be. Well, should be, uh, yeah, exactly. perhaps more open to a, a broader spectrum of, of sounds. Um, it also depends: is it new music by bands you know, or new music by bands you don't know? Because if you're going by the format, you can see people saying, "Oh, I don't like the new album by such and such." So the last three were better. But with new music by young bands, that's the exciting part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like, you know, Ring Van Mobius, for example, the oh, yeah. Norwegian if trio. If you like Vandergraaf Generator. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, that came out of the blue, and it's like, wow, these guys are amazing. Yeah. And, we, you know, so the point here we're trying to make, I think, is that when you hear that, it excites you. It genuinely excites you. And, you know, it doesn't happen just once a year. It happens a lot. I mean, we are lucky. We do get sent, I would say, probably 95% of the music that comes out, mm. you know, that, that operates in the progressive genre, we, we kind of it. yeah we, we get yeah. it there is still sort of five percent where people don't know us don't don't send yeah. it in and and it, it kind of goes by the wayside but you know like I said there's always there's always something new there's always something exciting and also um, to, as Malcolm was saying about the newer bands wait for them to develop as well whereas mm-hmm. I'm thinking that possibly the new Regal Worm is yeah is well, that's, magnum, that's a is great... that, yeah so far they're magnum opus yeah um so you've got to wait for these bands to develop as well you know yeah but the year hmm. that we have decided was the greatest year for progressive rock was 1971 hmm. so i have to argue against that it is um and the reason that we're going to say that is if you just i mean yes released the yes album relayer sorry fragile yeah, fragile yeah the Yes album and Fragile, Emerson, Lake and Palmer released Tarkas and Pictures as an exhibition. You take those two as figureheads of, you know, part of what we sort of see as the big six of, of, of progressive music, you know, they are on fire. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they were, and yes, you remember, and both bands were sort of taking that step up to arena-style gigs in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, pro- and... I mean, if you look sort of 66, 67, the, the sort of the, the, the beginning of the idea that... Because that was going to be my year. 67. <laughs> 67, yeah. Right. I was going to go, right, here's your, sort of here's your, right. Well, yeah, everything. But we've got, 50, we've got now 51 years. But, you know, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure some people would say 69 because that's when In the Court of the Crimson King yes. came out. Mm. And, you know, they, 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 again, this is one of these each to their own things. Um, but I just think 71 stands really tall. Yeah. Not just because of Yes and Emerson, Lake and Palmer. I'm going to reel off a list of albums that were released in 71 to sort of big up the fact I think that, you know, in general, Prog was on a roll by this point. So Tull released Aqualum. Mm-hmm. Caravan released In the Land of Grey and Pink. Uh, Gentle Giant Acquiring the Taste. Faust's first album came out. Can's Tago Mago. Hawkwind's In Search mm-hmm. of Space. Moving Waves by Focus, Camembert Electrique by um, Gong, yeah. Nursery Crime by Genesis, and even the Beach Boys got in the Act with Surf's Up, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. John Wetton's favourite prog album. Ooh, wow. Was it really? Yeah, it when we asked him what his favourite prog album of all time was, he said Surf's Up wow, and the Beach Boys. So there's, I mean, that's not all the albums. ELO's first album, I think, came out in 1971. And there's lots of different styles there that you are jumping off points for music. Crown rock, yeah, crown rock, rock yeah. space rock, yeah. you know. Um, sort of, well, I mean, those early Some ELO sonic. albums are yeah, kind dra- of jazzy, uh, are yeah. very, um, they were very proggy and then they sort of moved in and sort of, oh, they yeah. took that and, and polished it and made it popular. But um, 
you know, and, and, and again, you've got a good scope there of, of the, the, how how prog was spreading out. You know, in terms into you know, it was it was taking different musical forms and creating within that new musical, as you said, new musical areas. So you know, maybe have Phaedra as well. Was, 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 was that 71? What I'm trying to, what I'm doing is I'm trying to envisage when we did our composite issue as well. Oh, 71. 71. God, that was so long ago yeah, now. Though. Yeah. A while yeah. And, and we've got, so we've got all the albums out there and I think that that was one of I mean, of it was a remarkable year. But you're right, Joe, 67 was What if Floyd released in 71? Oh, no. Was it, uh, Atom Heart Mother was 1970. Yeah. Metal was 70. Two. 72. So Obscured by Clouds. Yeah, obscured yeah, by Clouds. Obscured by Clouds would be 71, yeah. Or, or more. I think it's Obscured by Clouds. So, so Floyd was sort of slowly moving towards what they became, yeah. as it were. Yeah. So, so anyway, there you go, um, Alvin. Uh, I hope that answers your question. Be uh, intrigued to know uh, if you lot listening thought that 71, you agree with us, or you know, you've yeah. got your own take. Let us know. Prog at futurenet.com. Com. Or when we uh, when we social the podcast, you can uh, jump on and make comments there. Um, so yes, the last month has been a bit busy. A little bit busy. I yeah. mean, for me, it was it started with the uh, the heavy metal truants charity bike ride up to download. Um, then there was download. Uh, then there was the Golden Gods. <laughs> Metal Hammers Awards um, on the Monday and then on the Saturday and Sunday it was stone free uh, then it was my birthday the week after so that was, uh, and then on um, last Friday morning uh, Hannah Russell and myself all jumped on planes and flew over to Barcelona um, for Big Prog my friend uh, and then uh, I stayed on a few extra days jumped on a plane on Tuesday evening in Barcelona and landed at Gatwick at 8.15 and managed to make the Voyager show at the borderline I'm very impressed so, yeah um, but in the interim period of course we were all at Stone Free and then well, you I, Malcolm I wasn't at Stone Free the second day for when you came confusion. down you? ticket confusion yeah. whatever and then, yes and then I went to Rambling Man yeah, the same weekend you, you were at the yeah, Park which disappointed Rambling Man this year because uh, simply because we missed it um, because they'd moved the date yeah. I noticed that they've announced the date for uh, back in towards the end of July which makes us happier because it means we can oh, do yeah. B-Prog and, and we can um, fit more prog in we can get more progging. Yes, because it's more. just not enough that no. we fit in. A busy. I mean, it, yeah, it's the start of the festival season, yes. um, and it's on a roll now, probably until uh, end of August. Yeah, well, we we go to Bloodstock. Bloodstock. Yeah, and obviously, Reading is a couple of weeks later. Well, Reading. I'm, I'm at Crockerty, and that oh, has a little bit Reading. more prog yeah. this yeah. year. Also, I'm going to an interesting one because you might have noticed that Hawkwind are doing a few more dates recently. So they're doing that fairly hipster festival, Citadel. Oh yes, and with um, and also on Tame Impala. I've heard that Tame Impala might have actually put them forward as being mm. on the bill because they're fans. That makes sense. Makes a lot um, of sense. Where, that's, where is that? Gunnersbury Park, which oh, is in okay. West London. Um, one of our contributors, Chris, lives just opposite, so he's as happy as Larry. Um, so yeah, so there's uh, there's a bit there's a bit of prog around. There is. I mean, download. Uh, we're obviously we're, we're running a review in the issue that's about to come out. What prog was it downloaded? Um, there was enough to do a page review. Um, there was a Mirka played. Um, Mirka. Mirka. Um, <laughs> Tesseract. Yeah. Um, now I went to see Tesseract and couldn't get anywhere near the tent. Yeah. And there must have been twenty deep people outside. 
Wow. And you could hear them and you could see what was a very impressive light show. It's a good new album. Everybody, it's so, a good new album. Um, yeah, very good. <laughs> so that, I thought, boded very well, that they really had round, yeah, that's, that's round nice. people in. Um, and, of course, because they were playing just before Guns N' Roses came on. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it's largely... Von Herzen Brothers played. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, obviously, because it's, it's download, it's the heavier end of... Of the proggy bands, uh, Fraser Leary uh, was reviewing for us, and, and uh, yeah, he, he had a good time. I think Goldkey played, yeah, who Goldkey, awarded yeah. for a uh, nominated for a prog award this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would have thought a lot of people listening to this are particularly interested in the heavier end of what, but there's a smattering of stuff that there's always yeah. every year at download, there's always enough. For a page review, yeah, um, yes. you know, it's about six or seven bands. Um, but moving swiftly on, we were at Stone. Were you at Stone Free, Joe? On the Sunday, Sunday. I caught because I was working in the day. I caught the headline, right, which was great. And you unfortunately missed it. I missed it. But we, we were down on the Saturday. Yeah, we were there on the um, Saturday. For the I saw Goblin. <laughs> so I mean, you know, I mean, as an old metalhead, seeing the Scorpions oh, was absolutely fantastic. Curious. But I suspect people would rather hear what we thought about yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I was I was introducing um, all the bands actually on the uh, on the stage on the Sunday. I wish I'd seen Roger Hodgson. Yeah. Is that yeah. Now this is an interesting one because I mean there'd been a lot made in the press about people not buying tickets. You know, even the likes of um, Beyonce and Taylor Hawkins are having to give Taylor away Swift. Taylor Swift. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, are having to give away. You never see them in the room together, though, do you? Therefore, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Press Fair reports point. of ticket giveaways to ensure yeah. venues are looking full, and you have to be honest. I mean, compared with the Saturday, it was a disappointing uh, crowd. Was it for the prog uh, lot? Now you got to want. I mean, I thought it was a very good bill. Mm. Roger Hodgson. Oh, great simpatico with yes, I think. I mean, mm. let's face it, at one point he was being mooted as a potential singer. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, when... Um, and Trevor Rabin, obviously, had, had worked with him. Yes. There are parallels for his voice and well, his yeah. look as well with John Anderson. So um, it was kind of interesting. I, um, I, didn't, uh, I didn't go into the Indigo um, for Stone Free on the Sunday. Um, obviously, I was sort of busy... Well, you had duties, yeah. didn't you? Mm. Um, now, Anathema came on. There weren't very many people in at all. It's very disappointing. The, the venue I mean, opens at about five. The main venue, is yeah, it? yeah, yeah, five, five, yeah. Five, yeah. And they they were on at um, no, I think venue it's open at four, and I think they were on at they were on at quarter to five. Mm. So it's kind of early. Very the crowd, just what crowd there was didn't really respond to them which surprised me I have to say that I wouldn't blame the, pr- the crowd particularly um, as we know once you're in the venue you're trapped in the venue and there are some really nice places to eat but not in that part of the venue mm. so if people wanted to have a good yeah. tea mm. then they were probably having some tea or dinner you know like you know one of the eateries anywhere else rather than an overpriced I mean, hot dog when I came on um, to introduce uh, Joanne Shaw Taylor talk about that in a yeah. minute um you know there were more people in there and the crowd were kind of responsive but i mean you know anathema weren't particularly chuffed i don't think about you know when they came Turn off out. at the well and the fact that the crowd seemed to like they kind of i suppose 
I mean, we're talking about Anderson, Rabin, Waitman, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to get into which lineup's better and, and stuff like that, but you'd still think, I mean, they, they did two nights at Hammersmith, mm. sold out last year. Um, you know, and yes, did two nights at the Palladium earlier, did, yeah. earlier this year. The other, yes. Um, I don't know, I just thought there'd have been more people. And I, I don't really... I, I can understand if you put a bill on and you get that reaction from the UK of like, well, half of that is what I think is prog, so I won't go. Mm. Which, you know, we know that some of the audience will be like that. Mm. Um, this, I thought, was a pretty, you know, anathema. Yeah, very strong. Um, you know... Um, Apart from Jane Shaw Taylor, said yeah. was an anomaly. Um, yeah. Jane Shaw I have no idea what she was doing on the bill. I don't um, get it. I no. don't understand. A blues, a blues person, you know, um, and I I didn't watch her, I've got to be honest. Um, but then when Roger Hodgson came on, now Roger did a great hit set. I mean, it's not that dissimilar to the set you'd expect from yeah. Royal Albert Hall, where he is actually coming back to play yes, is, yes. next year. Um and I've got to say, I was a bit surprised at how mooted the crowd were. Too. Really? They were, yeah. Wow. Not, I mean, they weren't they weren't rude or anything, but, yeah, I thought, hang on, these are great songs and everyone knows yeah. them and, and, you know, we, we think there is that kind of simpatico between sort of the Supertramp thing and, and the Yes thing in, in yeah, some way. Um, and, I, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be in a, uh, have access to a box. Um, so I was watching, looking down on the crowd and it was like, oh, it's just, I was a bit disappointed. I'm surprised. Yeah, what dis- was, disappointed. What was the ticket price in the I end? I can't remember now. I, th- I think that may have something to do with. I mean, let's face it, there are too many overpriced gigs yeah. and festivals. Well, that, that there is. And there's also, I mean, there's too many people, I think, jumping on the prog bandwagon and trying to do events. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you know you're not going to be able to take on something you like at the O2 but there is small they've just I think there's people who just crowded the market I've tried to put people off doing yes. some of these yeah. because it's just too much and people do not have a bottomless pit no, of money in no, fact right. money is tight we've had a busy time and let's face it we do get to go to a lot of these things for free so yes. we've got you know we're yeah. lucky with that then it's stretching people's yeah. um, time and finances to expect them to turn up to but, one of these places but, but this was a you know, yes Headlining the you know the O2, I thought was a big thing, and mm. and well, I saw people now really when, enjoying themselves, when, but when, early. when ARW came on, or yes, featuring ARW, I mean, one, they were amazing. Mm, they I mean, were. fantastic live. They are excellent live. Um, I mean, brilliant. And yeah, the crowd really went for it, but. You know, is there that thing, you know, you know, you always hear that thing of like, you know, the Hawking crowd don't care about anybody else that's on the bill. Like, you know, the eight, if you've got a sports slot to ACDC, the fans don't care about who yeah. you are. Quo used to suffer from that yes. kind of thing. Um, I'm just worrying, you know, they're just there for yes, they actually don't care. I mean, that's disappointing when you've got Anathema on the bill and you've got Roger Hodgson yeah. on the bill as well. You know, uh, who by all rights should go down well with a, a, a yep. crowd who like progressive music and and they kind of get a disinterested reaction when I looked out on the crowd um, and it was an extremely good show it's fantastic and I missed them the first time round when they played at Uh I mean I'm getting into it 
I'm with my friends who are getting into it, people behind me are getting into it. I look out and I see people just sitting, not exactly their arms folded, but sort of, you know, let's have a bit of, come on, let's have a bit of life. You're it right. Didn't, and it didn't actually take off until they did their bit where they come off stage and they yeah. walk through Trevor the crowd. And Rick. Yeah. yeah, which was pretty pretty fun. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Not people stood Show up. That, the they yeah. stood up, can you imagine? They yeah. stood up and they enjoyed themselves. How dare they stand up and enjoy themselves? But the thing with Roger Hodgson, everyone knows those songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'd expect people to really Now, I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, obviously because we are active in the community and we have social media platforms and we see how people react I know there's a bit of an anti O2 thing a little bit yeah you know um, some people think it's a big soulless but that's where people that's play stadiums you know. um, ticket price perhaps yes it's got something to do with it you know Sunday um, do you think Sunday yeah. should Sunday wind may, down again, kind of yeah, may have had something to do with it yeah um, all sorts of possible reasons so um, but but yeah so well on the one hand um you know it, i thought anathema and roger hodgson and especially the yes lineup were all fantastic and they yeah they, they they still had the stage set up in scorpion so these massive screens and it looked yeah. good yeah it looked really and, good and it looked impressive um looked good sounded good was really good i mean maybe you've maybe we do have that factionism thing where half the yes are like no i'm only going to go and see one of the yeah. lineups so i've aligned with them and i won't yeah. go and see the other i think there is a bit of um that. you know i i don't know it was just and also i mean there is i don't kind of get it but there is a very much an anti-london feeling amongst certain areas of the prog community uh, you know uh, but you go why does everyone play in London well it happens to be the capital of the country mm. and it's therefore you know through by proxies deemed by promoters and bands perhaps to be the most prestigious of, yeah. you know yeah um, but I don't want to get into a whole regional yeah, arg- argument that's here that's something because, else yeah. but just judging it on the show alone it was absolutely brilliant yeah excellent sounded so good John Anderson's voice is incredible. Anderson for, for Man of 73, is it? Yeah. And Rick played brilliantly, and Raven's guitar played. Oh, and amazing. I don't know who the bass player was, because it wasn't... Um, I've forgotten his name. Lee Pomeroy. It wasn't Lee Pomeroy. No, it's not, no. um, And this guy was amazing. In fact, I was I was stood with... Um, in, fortunate enough, we had Gary Kemp um, in, in, our, Gary. in our box. Um, who is a bona fide <laughs> prog fan. He's a massive Yes fan. Um, and he absolutely loved it and he was saying that bass player is, is amazing I've been watching him play yeah. um, so you know massive thumbs up for the performance bit disappointing on and the all the harmonies because they're all they yeah. all doing harmonies yeah. weren't they maybe so. not Rick right okay I mean um, what was Malcolm Random Random Man, Man. Um, I mean it's a weekend event but Prog's yes. only on the one day, the now. Sunday now. It used to be two days, as we know. It was, um, you know. There's, I think, there's a reason for that. They had a year where they'd gone for a couple of headliners for the prog stage. Yeah, they couldn't that. nail them. It, it went running late. They managed to pull in a couple of headliners who were names, but more your special guest kind yeah. of slot. And the, the crowd reacted. In, you know, it wasn't a bigger crowd, so they quite rightly, because they have to make money, went, "All right, we'll cut that back to one day." Then the byproduct of that is that the prog audience get the hump because they think they're being treated badly. So then they half of them didn't bother turning up. Yeah, uh, when it was one day, um, and it changed again this year because it was in a tent. Yes, it, in the past it's always been seen as the second stage, mm. prog stage, or the, the stage with prog on was the second stage at Ramley Man. This year it was an attempt, it almost became the third stage, which is a little unfortunate, 
forget about the perception. There were some fine bands on the bill, played really well. Fish was wonderful. Fish headline. I, I know he got the hump because they ran late and they had to well, cut short his set. That, that's the thing I'd like to say. It wasn't Fish's fault they were running late. They were running late and therefore cut up to half an hour after the headline was set. That's quite I think it's ridiculous, personally. And he wasn't happy. I don't blame him for not being happy. Well, the headliners are at a yeah. festival. And I think everyone else had a little bit cut from their set. Why they were running late, I don't know. Certainly not fish. I, I heard that the cult had demanded everyone was off before they yeah, came the cult, on. Yeah, the cult didn't want anyone on when they went on. Okay, But, but you kind of understand that. It's yeah. a headliner's prerogative at Don't festival. have a problem with that at all. In fact, the whole stage times are set up to run to that. But for some reason, because the frog stage started to run really late, fish got the brunt of it. Mm. And it was disappointing because he was really good. He was obviously well up for the set, and everyone just packed him for him. Right. And he went down extremely well. Amusing watching Mike Portnoy on the side of the stage for a while doing air drums on. I said, Ah, oh, is Mike Portnoy going to work with Fish next? <laughs> you never know. But Fish was really good and great voice, looked to be having a wonderful time himself, and suddenly said, I'm going to have to end it. This is my last song. Sorry, I can't carry on. Did it incommunicado. Right. This is a great way to yeah. end, but mm. people were just what? Yeah, and he did make a big thing about it. He easily made a very big deal about it. He didn't. He just said, "Sorry, it's not my fault." Yeah, that's uh, disappointing. I mean, I um, I uh, spoke to the Voyager mob on um, on Tuesday, Tuesday night, yeah. and they they loved the yeah. whole, a whole they experience good, of playing. Good uh, reaction. Now Fraser reckons that Von Hertzens absolutely stormed it. Yeah, Von Hertzens get better and better lines. They're they always good. Lines. I mean, they are really, yeah. really good performers, yeah. and so did most of the autumn. Right. I thought most of the autumn were excellent. Oh, that's they, good. good. They really delivered an impressive set. And it was interesting that they started off with quite a sparse crowd and more people tended to be coming in. They didn't end up packing the tent, but they got a very decent crowd by the end. People seemed to be drawn to what was going on. Lovely. They played really well and they just sounded so tight and really focused. Now, one plus side, I suspect, of, of having the prog stage in a tent very much aware of people moaning that they were trying to watch bands last year and the sound was drifting yeah, over from please. the main stage. Um, you know, and uh, which I guess is probably second only to somebody talking while a band is on for the, pro- for the <laughs> yeah. prog community yeah. uh, in, terms of, yeah. in terms of what they what was really going to get <laughs> their goat. Um, so it, it, that would have kind of reduced that, I guess. Yes, it did a little bit. There's still a, some bleed from the main stage, but not a huge amount. Yeah. And you, you tended to filter it out anyway. I don't think anyone was particularly put off by that. Yeah. It's a nice festival, though, isn't it? Really? I, I well, atmosphere. yeah, we, yeah we, we, we love it. Um, I mean, it's a pity that the prog has sort of dwindled at, in terms of the way it's presented mm. at that festival. But that's partly a fault of the audience who chose not to go. Yeah. You know. And at I least mean, they're trying. They are trying yeah. to integrate it. Yeah, they you know, um, oh, they're not giving up. And yeah. No, not not at all. Um, but you know, it, uh, and, and in some ways, I can understand why some of the prog community were peeved at the perception that they were being treated badly. Um, but it, it's more economics rather than you know, oh, let's yeah. pick on the proggers. Yeah, um, picking on prog. You know, and it's it's difficult then to sort of pull them back if once they've decided yeah. they're not going to go because they've taken Humbridge, trying to get them back is, is not going to be very, easy. Very, very difficult. But I think Prog was treated fine. It mm. worked in the tent and people knew it was there. And I think a lot of people really enjoyed the Prog 
part of, of the weekend. I love a tent at a festival and I do miss it at well, download. You see, I, I Especially do. Especially when it I mean, rains. Yeah, I, know, exactly. I, mean, I, know, I know that everybody, when you start talking about Rambling Man, then starts harking back, talking fondly about the prog stage at High Voltage, which, of course, yes. Rambling Man has kind of evolved yes. from, yeah. from what High Voltage was. Um, you know, people say, why can't we have... Well, just as you get people going, oh, God, does he have to go to London? Then you get people going, like, you know, why can't we have something in yes, London? Um, rock festivals in London, you know, the noise level thing is an issue. I remember yeah. with High Voltage, because even though it's in Victoria Park, you've still got residences. So, they, the, you know, Judas Priest was so quiet when very, they declined. Very, quiet. And when we go to, when we go to High problem. Park as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. High Park has yeah. the same problem in yeah. terms of curfew and noise level. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, then, of course, you're going to get people going, well, why does it have to be in the south east of England? Why can't they move it somewhere uh, else? It's like, well, don't ask us. Ask the promoters. It's, you know, it's, yeah, you know, they, they, they decide and wherever it is, someone's going to moan. Why has it got to be there? Yeah, I suppose so. And um, also, though, they had Sons of Apollo on, didn't they? Who yes, played on, on, the, on the main stage. It was tremendous. It's, yeah, well, I'd seen them on the uh, Saturday at uh, uh, B-Prog, my friend. Yeah, it's like Deep Purple meets Prog Rock head-on. Yes. But with real showmanship. Oh, from virtuoso musicians playing at the top of their game all reined in and held together by Jeff Scott Soto, who did a great ceremony job. He was superb. Yeah. And it was virtuosos who didn't actually alienate anyone who wasn't a prog fan because it was the main stage. People were just flocking over to see them because they really engaged everyone. Well, they were a rock band as well. That's yeah. The thing. yeah. So people really get into it. And I think this is probably what's happening with Rambling Man, is that even if the proggers aren't going, you've got some kind of curious and open-minded rock fans yeah. like you say just well, probably it's not, not going but it's kind of reduced in numbers yeah, exactly. and you see it online people go well I'm not going anymore because yeah. they, they, they they slighted us you know and yeah. it's like but you've got how people, dare they you've, yeah, got, well. you've got people <laughs> who are already going who are interested enough to check out oh, new yeah, stuff oh yeah they're playing actually, let, let's check out something yeah. from the they, I mean, they want to know about new music and I mean, they don't the, actually the, put a label on it not so that it was the big surprise of the weekend was the last international who opened on the main stage on the Sunday I knew nothing about them one over the entire crowd wow one everybody right. over who are they what are they uh, doing New Yorkers a little bit alternative a, a little bit psychedelic in a way hello um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why wasn't I there <laughs> and what happened was the female singer jumped off the stage not just in the face but she got in the crowd Excellent. and of course they had cameras crowds love that though and yeah. everyone just went if it's a lovely dangerous. sunny day you know and everyone's in yeah. a good mood because they're at a festival and you know you, in general you know, yeah. as long as the weather's good you're in a good mood from, at a festival. from that moment on they had the audience eating out of their hands and Billy Sheehan from Sons of Apollo came on for their last number and played with them not oh, bad. which was great not bad. excellent and that was the, 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 the pleasant surprise but Sons of Apollo I think won a lot of new fans because people didn't know who they were who are they Right. And he mentioned old Sutton Sutton was in Guns N' Roses. He was played with Everly Roth. There's a bloke from Dream Set. Oh, okay. But you put them all together, they don't sound like a super group. They're a band. Yeah. Well, I mean, they went down a storm. Absolute storm. I mean, you know, people... Portnoy has his acolytes that will follow him. So, I mean, last year we got to see Shattered Fortress and be prog, my friend, Mm. who again went down brilliantly. Sons of Apollo. You know, you can see that... You can can see the the Portnoy stroke dream theater people coming into... Yeah, because uh, obviously now Big Prog, of course, by its very name alone, is the Prog, yeah. the bigger mm. Prog event. Is this the third year? Now? It's the fifth year. Fifth it's the year. third year that we've, we've that we've been involved with it, just as the as the media partner. Um, you know, lovely setting, Pobla Espanol, which is sort of like a working museum of a of a historic Spanish town wow. um, in Barcelona itself. So it's 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 like a uh, it's a tourist attraction. It's pretty but, proggy. But they they kind of close off the 
the market square with the town hall which is behind the stage so it forms a perfect square which has the restaurants and, and bars mm. actually around, which are open around the side um, and you know it's a couple of thousand people um, and it's always an interesting bill now the, the reason that I, I kind of got excited and interested in being prog my friend we'd, we'd run a review somebody had gone over there I think Opeth and Anathema had played and then the year after that their headliners that was were, Chris Cope wasn't it were, were Camel and Meshuggah. Hmm. Okay, now obviously we're going to have a few people go, well, that's not metal. That's not rock, that's metal. Well, you know, it depends. Yeah, yeah, well, anyway, I just thought well. any band, any festival that's got the, the, the wherewithal to go, let's have Camel one night and let's have, you know, complete opposite the next. And the bill, the undercard was really good. And the undercard still is really good. So this year, Perfect Circle headlined on the Friday, Steve Hackett on the Saturday. So you have... You have um, the opening bands are normally local, hmm. uh, local acts. Um, then you got a couple of um, bigger names. Then you got your headliner, and then they have a band after the headliner, which is kind of much more of a European thing. As yes, well. it is. Yeah. Um, now there was a couple. Of, I mean, there was. I saw someone uh, refer to them and go, "I could have done without the death metal." Well, there wasn't any death metal <laughs> at the festival. Yes, there are. Couple of bands, I suppose, if you've got very sensitive ears, then um, Persephone from Andorra, who opened the festival, um, Aranci Pazuzu, who were on After a Perfect Circle, and Burst from Sweden, who were the last band on after Steve Hackett, are loud. Mm. And it might offend your ears. Um, but the rest of it was, you know, I mean, let's face it, Pain of Salvation were actually as heavy as all of those mm. were. I mean, brutally heavy. It was, put on a great sound. I mean, they kind of went from King Crimson to Gentle Giant in the space of a song. Yeah. You know? Wow. Um, yeah. Really, really impressive. The, the, the thing that, that we were all struck by is, I mean, obviously, Russell, the art editor, and Hannah, deputy editor, uh, come out as well. So you've got all the, everyone from Prog Magazine there. Um, is we were like, every band was good. There wasn't one band. I mean, in the past, you've seen it like that didn't quite work. But every band in their own way were, were really, really... Gazpacho's wonderful art rock mm. on a lovely, sunny, warm evening went down an absolute treat. Mm. You know, Steve Hackett, I have to say, that's possibly the best I've ever seen him. Wow. His great. guitar playing was out of this world. I mean, we all know how good he is. But when you're watching it thinking, this is actually better than I've seen... Mm. That's I think great. I think he loves doing the festival as well, doesn't he? I think so. Um, you know, and and a perfect circle blew me away. They were fantastic. Um, you know, they range from tears for fears like pop, prog, bit bit goth, bit of goth, and a bit of King Crimsony yeah, stuff yeah. thrown in as well. I, it was a mix. I, we 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 really really liked. Trying to think who else was uh, obviously uh, Sons of Apollo. Yeah. It's just one stage, is it? It's one stage. Yeah, yeah. I think that really um, helps. Like and, and literally, it's about it. a twenty-minute turnaround. I mean, yeah, they've got it down. It's a really, yeah. it's a brilliantly run festival. Yeah. Age range pretty impressive. In Europe, they start a lot younger than or over there. They've done what they don't do here, where there seems to be a gulf between the fans that will go and see your Hakens and your. Um, Tesseracts, etc., and indeed Voyager, yeah. quite a young crowd at Voyager at the, at the borderline, and your audience that will want to go and see uh, Gazpacho and Steve Hackett. And in England, they don't they, seem to yeah, want to call together. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. You know, the older crowd sort of dismiss the the, the, the younger bands as 
irrelevant or non-prog. Yeah. And naturally, the younger people are like, well, if that's your attitude, you can sort off your old fart. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. in Europe, that doesn't seem to be the case because they're quite happy to accept. You know, this, the, the, the comment, I don't know if the, the gentleman was from England or, or America, but, um, you know, saying there was death metal on the bill. Mm. You know, um, but the European crowd, much happier to accept every band on mm. the bill. Mm. You know, and the age, age range younger and you know and obviously to an older mm. older crowd uh you know the um the male female ratio much closer although i mean we've noticed though in recent years that the, the, the female quota of prog gigs has really shot up in the yeah, uk has, yeah. Yes, um, yeah. but it just seemed even even closer here it was you know because um, well, that's the other thing we always get people come up to us and go well why don't you do this in the UK and it's like well you couldn't well, you've got Summer's End which is obviously yeah. my favourite yeah, of course. yeah. Um, you know um, but it caters for sort of one end and what they do is often have the the left field band you know um, and, and making that slight but the events here kind of tailor for one part of the market or the other whereas this goes for the whole lot and that's where I think in the UK, people would be like, well, I'm not going to that because half of that is not what I think is prog, so I won't go. Mm. You know, or the younger crowd going, I don't know half of the older bands, so I'm not going to go. I'll go to Techfest or Arctangent because that's where all my yeah. bands are. And it's like, I will go to HRH Prog and I will go to uh, Summer's End because that's where all my bands are. Um, you know, so until someone makes a real concerted effort to, to really drag the two together, probably kicking and screaming over here it's not going to happen in the UK well to be honest maybe we do have too many events we, you know, we I think we do we've got an embarrassment of riches and if you're in Barcelona is there any B-Prog if there is only B-Prog you go to B-Prog it's a quite it's not just it's, mm. I would say that, that it's 50% locals and 50% people coming in from around the world mm. That's, so, that's really nice to me. And it is that. it is it's, I mean you know it's, it's a wonderful festival I would I would suggest anyone with a, a modicum of interest checks out at least once mm. you know even if the death metal might be too much <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too much horrible noise now you're right though over here we do tend to have these um, England's I mean, it's, it's not this isn't something I think that's just linked to progressive music though no it's, I, not. It's, no, it's not we've always been far more factionalised here yes. in the UK the metal world for example yes. is, is like that absolutely you know, the more mainstream rock fans still can have well I mean Download people made every year. Same old, same old. You get Hellfest, Sweden Rock, Grasspot, Wacken. It's so much more diverse. Yeah. But I do wonder if there's a structure that supports it everywhere else. You know, newspapers, radio, yeah. TV. Whereas it, in Britain, we don't have that. Yeah, you may well be well, right. Apart from, apart from pro Frost, classic yeah. rock and metal, have yeah. yeah, but we don't have it. You know, it's not um, every day that we're here. I got interviewed by local TV who were intrigued to know what we thought, why we were there, and all mm. that sort of stuff. And you know, that wouldn't happen over here because the media would just ignore it completely. No, completely yeah. ignore it. I think it's chicken and egg over here whether or not promoters put on the festival with that little lineup because the, f- ex- the fans expect it or the fans learn to expect it because that's what they get. I don't mm. know which way around it is, but the fact is. We're, le- we're more factionalised, as Jerry said, over here than in most parts of Europe. So, mm. Mm. I think it's yeah, we're more, we're definitely more narrow in tribes. Yes, we are. And it's sad because 
it, 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 it is I mean it is sad although when he, I mean for experience alone tells me it doesn't matter what sort of music fan they are if you try to talk to them about expand they're like no, well, I don't want to do that sort of I think it, I feel sorry for these people because you're cutting yourself off from so much wonderful music one way or the other why do that is it island mentality as well well that's yeah. an interesting one yes. because that island mentality thing on the way back I was reading a, an article written by uh, the, uh, the uh, Simon Barnes the uh, football correspondent for the for the Times, Times yeah. um, talking about why everyone hates English football fans, mm. right, which is not a very difficult thing to do. <laughs> I have to, I, I have, I hate I, them. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that he hit upon the island mentality mm. in 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 relation to that, and I wonder if that's something that pervades other areas yeah, of right. how Maybe we we're view trying stuff. to make other islands within the island. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Australia, so it doesn't. You know, I, I have a different outlook yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. But there is definitely that factionalising going on. I don't like that because if the, I don't like death metal, full stop. Well, why don't you listen to some of it? I don't like full stop. I remember I you, like years ago, you dragged me to Carcass. And yeah. I was a bit reluctant to go when they played at the Astoria, yeah. the Heartworks yeah. Store. You yeah. took me along and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. I would never have gone of, of choice. Malcolm said, come on, I think you'll like it. So we went down, brilliant. You know. It helps that you trust Malcolm, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you anyway. Yeah, it's it's Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got friends that went to Taylor Swift, and they say it was fantastic. I know. I know. <laughs> Some of them work for the magazine, don't they? Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. absolutely. <laughs> but I'm sure Taylor Swift put on an amazing show. Yeah. Yes. So that's something else. Well, I think we have waffled on far too long again. <laughs> yeah, and we've uh, got we've got other things to prepare ourselves for. Roger Waters. Yeah, Roger Waters. I'm going to tomorrow. I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. Millions of horses. You're off to see the Cure. I'm going to see the Cure. I'm seeing the queue on Saturday as well. Well, yeah. 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 See, we're probably alienating everyone. I don't know. Have you ever listened to pornography? Yeah, that's exactly. a dark program. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, I think we shall take our leave. Thank you all very much for listening. Um, obviously, prog at futurenet.com. Uh, if you want to email in, let us know what you thought. Um, and we'll be back. Oh, hopefully not. We won't leave it as long next time yeah we'll put it in the diary now yes <laughs> two weeks something like that two weeks something yeah. like that okay thank you very much for listening <laughs>